Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is a crowd podcast. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, former Claremont and France soccer Benjamin Kaiser, and ex-Bayon, Montpellier, cast, back row, and now modern day Nostradamus, Johnny Beatty. <laughs> oh, let's get out of the way, shall we, Benji? Let Johnny bask in the glory for a minute. You got pretty much everything spot on in the final round of the top 14, didn't you, Johnny? Predicted where every single one of that top six was going to finish. So did you have any money on it? No, then I'd be in a howly situation. I'd be banned, mate. Um, no, the nicest part now of being retired is that you can actually properly enjoy it. I was sat in front of my TV, absolute drama as the games unfolded because there was something riding on pretty much every single game and it was exciting. It was so exciting to watch. The way they do it in France is they have a multiplex. So you have one game, shown but whenever there's a point scored anywhere a bell rings and then it jumps to that game so it just kept going tries everywhere excitement so yes I am smug that I got it right but more importantly I think just really enjoyed watching the games it was a great weekend of rugby I, I tried to to make sure that Johnny could still go to the restaurant at the weekend and be happy and <laughs> stuff as I tried to predict that Bayern was going to smoke them and and to be fair it was a mega tight one I think Stad only can see, you know took the lead 71st minute or something like that the one performance that none of us saw coming is how Toulouse absolutely destroyed Bordeaux mm. and fair play to them mate it just repeats that how we keep on repeating ourselves and saying precisely the same thing week in, week out, but bloody hell, when they turn it on to lose, they're pretty, pretty tough to stop. Uh, Julien Marchand was back and I was I was delighted to see him there getting at least one game under his belt because then racing, because they smoked breathe, would have stolen one of those two spots and La Rochelle kicked, a, what is it, a last minute, not a last minute, but like a penalty five minutes before the end that got them just a defensive bonus point where to be fair, Clermont did a, played a pretty solid game. You know, they out-muscled them, but yeah, no, so the predictions, to be fair, were, were, were tough. Johnny got them spot on. After the, the French test, I just need to, to admit that I, I let my, my heart speak too much and that sometimes you need to be, you need to be calm and controlled and, and weathered. And Johnny did that beautifully and he deserves those two wins. <laughs> and he deserves that absolutely no problem. Do you know, weirdly though, you talk about the Toulouse game, Bordeaux didn't need any change to anything to have a home quarterfinals. They didn't care. So Urios like left Jalibert on the bench. There was loads of different things that came into that game that we didn't really think about beforehand. 
because they didn't need to. And he obviously was devastated and he's completely shat on them in the press this week because they said it was a really, really crap game. But I think if Bordeaux had stuck Jalibert from the start, maybe it's a different game. A couple of different key people, if they started them from the right from the get-go, would have been different. But generally, just the excitement of every single game, it was just so good to watch. We've got a new sponsor on board, haven't we, Benji? We do, mate. We do. Listen, uh, the French are known for their joie de vivre, obviously. Their, their <laughs> poetry, their wine, but massive about their food. But yeah, we've got something for everyone to cook as a Frenchman. So the meter is the world's first best wireless smart meat thermometer. My lamp shoulder has never tasted better. I can pretend that I'm like an absolute rock star. I can finally make my passport proud. And Johnny, you're cooking like a Frenchman now, aren't you? Are you using the meter? I enjoy Cote de Boeuf pretty much every weekend, which isn't easy to do. So look, it removes all the faff out of it. When I have French families over, they can maybe judge me for being a British cook, but this sort of passes me off as a, as a French cook. I get it right every weekend now. So no, it's helping me in saving my bacon on my plancha at the weekend. Absolutely. It takes all the guesswork out of cooking, whether it's in the oven or in the barbecue. And if you want to bring your A game to the table this summer, like Johnny and Benji, you can get your hands on a meter with 10% off by using the code FrenchPod10 at meter.com. That's the code FrenchPod and the number 10 at meter.com. Raise the stakes with Meter and Le French Rugby Podcast. Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And this is your official invite to come and join our brand new cycling club. Now, good news, it's a podcast too. So you can come and listen to us, try and build this club from scratch, and we'll have a few familiar faces joining us for the ride too. Right, G, time to tell everyone what we've called this club. Well, we thought long and hard about this, so we come up with a strong original name that really stands out. The Garen Thomas Cycling Club. Yeah, I suppose it's easy to remember at least, isn't it? We will have new episodes for you every single Tuesday. Come and join us. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Well, let's get into that final round in a bit more detail then. We've mentioned the top a little bit, but let's get into Bayern, Johnny. It was tough for them, wasn't it? They lost narrowly at home to Stade Francais, but they were staying up right until that final moment in the Pomon Pellier game when Adam Phillip went over to get yeah. Poe a bonus point. Look, it was, it was kind of cruel, but a reflection of where they are. I thought Stade Francais would win and it'd be more convincing than that, but I thought they needed one point, And if they got that one point, it allowed Poe to win, but Poe could not get a bonus point. Because as soon as they ended up on level pegging, the head-to-head came in and it was Bayon that went down. And then as the game started, Stade Francais, you know, because they've got, um, their Gif numbers are still off, so they couldn't have Nicolas Sanchez, they couldn't have Kremer, they were missing a few big guys and they had to leave them out. But just as the game went on, Yori Sekons had an absolute shocker with the boot. I think he missed 12 or 15 points. And just as it kept wearing on, you were thinking, Bayon have got this. They didn't offer much in attack, but... They were heroic in defence, like a sort of boxer against the ropes. Every time Stafford said got into 22, they've ever come up with a massive turnover. They were drawing 9-9 until the 70-something minute and then one penalty and that's it. So they would have had two points for drawing the game and then it's lost. You've got a losing bonus point. That's it. You then flick over to Poe who stormed ahead. I think they scored two or three tries in the first 20 minutes and you're thinking, right, Montpellier have got no interest. But fair play to them, nothing to play for. They came back and made a real game. Some exceptional tries scored. And as you said, the last touch of the game, I was screaming at my TV, (laughs) the last touch of the game, a cross-field kick as well. Totally ridiculous percentage play that normally doesn't come off and it comes off for them and they stay up in top 14 and it's absolutely huge. So look, they went out and they fought for it and they got their five points and that head-to-head means that they... Guaranteed top 14 survival. And unfortunately, that means that Bayon now um, have to go into a fairly tasty playoff this weekend, which I'm sure we'll talk about again. But just cruel that they find themselves in this situation. After winning away, like if you look back at the season, winning away at Racing, winning away at Stade Francais, I think, winning away at Toulon, but then just not backing up at home, slipping up a couple of times. And it's probably a fair reflection of the season. But yeah, a horrible game to lose in that manner last minute. Listen, this is the reason why this premiership is just so special. Why the emotions Drama. get out of it is because for one, the French, we base everything on the emotion, on the heart. And, and that's how we get to incredible highs most of the time. And you try to represent proudly the area. And you mentioned those 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 things. Poe, I mean, listen, Poe was huge in France because of basketball. And they were incredible a couple of seasons ago. It's uh, the, the, the land of, uh, it's the siège social, for the, it's the, the, the center of Total. Um, so a huge, huge company. And then it's rugby, absolutely massive uh, around it. So it's it's like a, you know, regional pride. It's a regional importance to make sure that the club stays. And that's when you see at the end, I mean, the amount of clubs where it does get a little bit ridiculous, to be honest, where nobody's allowed in the stands because top 14 decided that it's Canal Plus who decides on everything. And for the last game of the season, they put all the games at 8.45 when there's a, a nine o'clock curfew in France. And that for me is is a, is a shocking thing to do. It should have never happened, but that's how that's what they decided. Because Canal Plus will decide that it's not about the fans; it's about the it's about money. But then, typically French, when you're not allowed to be in the stands, then there was thousands of fans yes. outside <laughs> for for you know when the buses arrived. And it was absolutely mental. Well, inside not so much. Inside is. when it when you you can have an authorization if you're there for work. So if you're there on corporate duty, you can. Wow, I'm sure some clubs push it and stuff, but it's very it's limited numbers anyhow. <laughs> No, 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 a few thousand. They were allowed 800, you know, so it's not 
it's not huge numbers, but still, it's 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 a detail. But it just pissed me off that that clearly decision makings in top fourteen from time to time just come back to Canal Plus deciding what's more profitable for them rather than what's better for for sport. And we mentioned last week, Johnny, that the messages between the games obviously all kicking off at the same time. You said you can't do anything about it; just focus on yourselves. Mm-hmm. At that Bayonne game, were they getting the messages through from the Po game? Well, I think they understood sitting on a draw; they were sitting pretty. But ultimately, I'm not sure. Like, Poe obviously are going out all attack, trying to get five points on the board. You could tell. Whereas Bayona almost looks like more of a defensive display. It was almost like kick long and on, keep the ball on the field, try and squeeze that front saying and make them play and, and work for penalties. It could look like a completely different type of game. So I'm not really sure that the messages would have been coming on. Look, we're near enough in it. Stick on a draw. That's good for us. Like, ultimately, they just wanted to stay down the other end of the pitch and stay away from danger out of their red zone, but they they couldn't. They didn't really have the quality. I think they lost something like seven lineouts. Their scrum was a little bit unstable and they kept getting penalised in turnover and they kept losing field position. So it was almost, for them, more of a question of survival as opposed to let's go and try and get five points on the board and smash this Stade Francais team. It was almost, can we survive this and get through? Because I don't think they really had the quality to stand up and smash or blitz this Stade Francais team off the pitch. And then Benji, in the Claremont game, we we mentioned it, Jules Lebay, late penalty, that got La Rochelle the point they needed to finish above Racing on points difference and go straight through to the semi-final. So, I mean, they obviously knew what they had to do and, and just scraped it, didn't they? They knew 100%. To be honest, they came for the win. For most most teams, mostly, uh, it was about themselves. Bayonne should have beaten Stade Francais, right? That was the yep. number one target. Forget about all the others. And then they didn't. So that's that's when you start counting, and which is a dodgy, dodgy moment. It's the situation you don't want to be in. You want to be able to concentrate on yourself. You know exactly the situation that Clermont were. If they lost, they were out. If they won, they were definitely in. But um, no, for, for against La Rochelle, it was one of those games where I think La Rochelle weren't as adamant to win. I think they saw that basically that they could squeeze it. There was an element of Camille Lopez coming back for Clermont, who was absolutely instrumental. And hallelujah, he's back. There's a, a hell of a lot of emotions. There's a few guys leaving. There's Franck Azema, his last at Marcel Michelin. They were obviously livid for sure not to have a proper send-off because you have a proper ceremony to to, to celebrate the guys that are leaving. And I was there. It's always been the special, special moments. You know, kids, families, everybody in the pitch, you get to have a, a little speech. There's a little emotional moment, whatever. That obviously was denied to, to all these guys that are leaving, the team 99 Williams and Peter Betham and, and all those guys. But uh, but but a tough game. La Rochelle definitely knew where they knew what they needed to do uh, last minute. I'm sure John O'Gibbs had his had had his mobile phone on him and uh, and they sneaked what they what they needed. But the most important thing is to see it the other way around. See that Clermont had one uh, target, beat them, get qualified, and when they get everything right, they can be lethal. Your mate who I've been critical of as well was absolutely phenomenal, Morgan Parra. Again, sometimes when things aren't going quite well, you need somebody just to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And every single time that bloody bell went on Canal Plus, he was knocking over another conversion, another penalty, and he just was not missing. The guy was freakish. And again, your best players, you talked about him time and time again, Benji. Key moments, big games, big people stand up. And there he is again. Like he was outstanding. And again. Oh man. He's he's been he has been like that for the last six weeks. I think the, the main click for him was that Wasp game in Champions Cup, there were yeah. eight to final, something like that. When he's on the bench, he comes for 20 minutes. Because it's not so much about you know how it is in the professional sport, or forget about professional sport, in a team sport, it's not so much about does the did the press see that I'm the proper leader? It's also getting the feedback and the belief from your team. 
because Morgan is like that. Morgan will not be the guy to communicate to others and to lend a hand and have this nice, I, you know, relaxed chat. He is a, he's got a dark cloud above his head. And when things are not going out, he will bliss, you know, he will just demolish whatever's in front of him. When things are going well, he'll laugh about it. He'll, he'll skip over everything that's bad. But what you need sometimes, you just need somebody, you know, you're not really used to speaking to and after a game like that they say you know a little blink a little tap on the bum and say mate you saved us and just just those little feelings of interconnections of you owe me i owe you you do this for this team i will bust my ass to make sure that i do a talent 10 times more and that's how a team bryce that's leadership by example and i think that's what he's done and you called it johnny stad francais snuck in to the final playoff spot with their win over bayon but casted everything they could by hammering toulon and that result meant that not only did Toulon miss out on the playoffs? They also miss out on Champions Cup rugby for next season, don't they? Yeah. And there's a lot of uproar in French press at the minute about Toulon finishing in an eighth spot and is Colazzo's job safe and questions have been asked the president. But I think you have to understand this is a total rebuild from, from what Bujala left behind, which was short-term bring in rock stars, paid loads of money and then left. Colazzo now has to rebuild a completely different team and it's going to take time. And I think that was almost mirrored in their performance and that some of what they did was outstanding. They, they went up 17-0. They were 17-0 up and cast and then just folded like a deck chair. Etzebeth was phenomenal. Baptiste Serrat again was running things really well, but then they do one thing well and take two steps back or they just don't seem to have that, that leader like Para that can grab something by the scruff of the neck the game by the scruff of the neck and get them through. And so they've still got work to do. Um, and the president reiterated that Colazzo was the man to stay. He's got a long-term contract. He's going to be there to 2024. But cast were absolutely phenomenal. And at 17-0, like my old team, I'd, I'd also written them off. But one of my ex-teammates, Benji Urdabaleta, he was absolutely magic. Like, I think he knocked over 20 plus points, scored two tries, cross-field kicks, just was central to everything that was good about the performance. Um and I think, again, like I'm not sure now Stade Francais have gone through, but I think that Cast don't have the same GIF problems. I think if Cast had snuck in six, we all know what they can do when they finish six. They're a really troublesome team for anyone in playoff stuff. And so Stade Francais now, again, can't play Nico Sanchez. I think they've lost Maestri. I think they've lost Bourbon. Kremer can't play because of GIF problems. They're going to be stripped of some serious people this weekend. And potentially Cast could almost have been the better team to go through. But Toulon were not right, not clicking, not functioning properly, and were made to look quite ordinary, which when you consider some of the people they have on the pitch is no mean feat. And Cast were actually exceptional. And look, there's all sorts of follow afterwards, Benji. I'm not sure if you saw the bits with like the new Toulon president having a scrap with Patrice Colazzo in the tunnel after the game and Allegedly, 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 nobody nobody saw anything. He's a president that uh, the few times that I spoke to him, he seemed very, very relaxed and a very bright guy. Definitely not Bujila like. But when I heard that that basically he he came at you know middle of the halftime half to have a chat with with Colazo and stuff and tap him on the shoulder, and then his his comment was yes because I spotted something from the stands or whatever he said. Wait, I'm like, all right, that's, that's 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 overstepping. That shouldn't be there. Patrice Colazo probably told him to bugger off. They got stuffed twice in Champions Cups. So they feel that they really les dindons de la farce. I'll, I'll let you translate just like that one, Johnny. But all I got the, was farce, the, mate. The turkey, the turkey of the of the stuffing. Oh, the turkey whatever. stuffing. You know how oh, normally you stuff the turkey. Yeah, yeah. Where it's the other way around. You're the one getting stuffed, basically. So um, that's les dindons de la farce. That's that's, that's 
the friendship question. There you go, for free. See, you should have put that in your fucking test. Uh, <laughs> I would have passed it. Not the what's the blue, the white, the red. I can feel a French phrases test coming up at the end of the season. Yeah, that was me for my for my whole studies. Don't blame my brain. Just blame the questions. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's got nothing to do with me. It's always somebody else's fault. No, but it's, I I just wanted to raise a point. Of how flipping ridiculous is it that for the most important game of Stade Francais season not only they let go Gael Ficou who they're going to play next week with racing they had Nico Sanchez and Kremer on the, on, on the stands explain that one to me the, those laws are just rubbish you can't do that then this GIF thing about trying to apply to who's on 15 then do just a normal rule of in your squad 30 what is it 33 professional contracts then you can have 10 non-GIF that's it no more of this, oh, one week we need to actually, we, we need to rotate the team completely. They put all the SPRs on the bench. They get flogged by 60 points, but at, at least That's we crap. got the percentage of our GIF up and we'll be okay for the rest of the season. And teams do it nonstop. Basically, it's, it's the typical f- French thing of saying, you know, oh, if you pay this much tax, then it can help X, Y, and Z. Hmm, let's find the first thing we can do to pay less tax. Bujilal goes, right, I'm going to pay them 10 out of 100, but 90 will be a stay in first division bonus because bonuses were not in the salary cap. Boom, I gotcha. And it's always the same thing. GIF, they say, all right, we're going to do this GIF thing. Yeah, it's fantastic for all. It's for the common good. You know, it's going to make it bring in some French stars, this and that. Half believe in it, half are like, all right, how are we going to stuff the system? Uh, yeah, the espoirs don't count as GIF. You can have them on the squad, but you don't need to play them. So it just, it just, it's exhausting to see that for the most important game, you can see those guys, not to mention that they're probably too huge contributors to that salary cap Massive. problem. Um, it, and, and to be fair, I want to see Kremer on the pitch. He's a hell of a monster of an athlete. I want to see them. Those are the top players that you want to see playing week in, week out. So something needs to be done again to have some more, some clearer rules. A big play, Benji, for Toulon to miss out on Champions Cup, isn't it? Huge, yeah. I met Patrice Colazo when I did the World Cup 2019 commentary and he looks like a big old angry bear. He's actually, and I didn't know him at all, like not at all. He's a lot, lot smarter, uh, nicer, and just open-minded than I expected. He's a lovely bloke who's only been nice to me. And we had some proper rugby chats. And he knows, he, he knows, you know, what he represents and how he comes across. I'm sure Christophe Furios is a little bit like that too. And I don't know him personally too. And then obviously there's my mate, Julien Dupuis, who's a really close mate of mine. I really want them to do well. There's Aistoyava, who's another close mate of mine. It's a beautiful spot, Toulon. I want this club to come back, but in a better way. I want the non-Bujilal area to come back, not with 25 ex-British and Irish Lions in there or Southern Hemisphere sort of super 15 type of, of a t- type of club, but still with some genuinely good players. So I, I really want them to do well, but there's clearly something wrong, unfortunately. They're just cocking up weekend after, after weekend, a lot of anger, a lot of disappointment, a lot of lack of attitude. They all play fantastically well for 20 minutes and then completely go forgotten for 40 it's just not that high quality sort of that you need because if you put the guys 1 to 15 that they have, they can stand toe-to-toe with absolutely any team in Europe. Seriously. If you, if you go from 9 to 10, you know, there's Serin Carbonel. There's only the little Jevray Cordin. There's obviously Aistoyava, Maanonu, not the youngest, but still they, they, they can play. Sergio Parisi, Eden Edzabet, Romatao Fifenua. Explain to me what a pair of luck is bigger in Europe. I mean, there's nothing like it, really. There's the Cross de Lucet, who's very good. There's, um, what's his name? Etria, Hooker, they've got yep. Facundo Issa, uh, whatever, you know, Charles Olivon, only the French captain playing number six. There's who unfortunately did his ACL yeah. and he's going to be out big. for a while, poor thing. But so yeah, huge disappointment. I really want them to be there. But again, that's why I hinted at 
the image that I had of the president and hearing that he went to tap on Patrice Colazzo's shoulder, the last 40 minutes of this cast game, the tension on the Toulon bench. Every second counts. So obviously he needs to have a cool head. The last thing you want is a brilliant, brilliant businessman who to tap on your shoulder and speak to you. Oh, why did you not kick this? Well, I'm no, I don't know what he said. Obviously, I'm, 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 it's allegedly, but I'm sure it's going to be some sort of comment like that because they want to know. They want to, these guys want to be informed. They want to be there. The other day I was watching, what's it called again? Um, All In or Nothing. You know, those Amazon sort of documentaries nothing, and stuff? Yeah. All or Nothing. And I really like those documentaries. I'm a huge fan of, of I don't awesome. know NFL really well, but I like those things. And uh, it's like hard knocks and all those things. And there's the one about Dallas Cowboys. And bloody hell, typically American. Jerry Jones would get on well in the top 14, wouldn't he, Benji? Mate, he just sits there in every meeting. You see the coach is like doing his coaching review with this and that. You see Jerry Jones. Yeah, so clearly that means we're lacking of consistency. I'm like, mate, you bought yourself to that chair. Get the fuck out of there. This is sport. This is not, don't get me wrong. These guys are genius at what they do. Business. They obviously must know a thing or two about leadership, 150%, about uh, personality, about drive, about passion, about uh, growth, for sure. But not about sports, 100%. <laughs> That's why you pay the big bucks to have good coaches. And they really, really reminded me that. So, so Toulon, unfortunately, like Johnny said, are a bit under stress. First question is like, is Colazo going to be sacked? Oh, no, but he's, it's, it's more than just a one-season thing. We were building for the next four years, which was a good answer. My mate Ice Toyava told me that he's not kept by Toulon. He might actually stay in the south of France and play in a little ro- local club. I'll go and see him in the summer and I'll be delighted. I want him to stay there. But yeah, it's still, still a lot of work, but still a very young, proper generation behind it with a new academy that's pushing through with a proper training center. I just, yeah, I've got a sweet spot, a soft spot for this club. I want them to do well. Well, as well as the final round of the top 14 season, last weekend saw the final of the Pro de playoffs as well. So we now know that Perpignan are back in the big time next season. And we can have a chat now with a man who has hopefully been celebrating ever since Saturday. So Perpignan back row, Pula Fasalele joins us. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for letting me uh, join the show. It's great to have you on. And um, we won't beat around the bush. Talk us through the celebrations. And also for anyone who hasn't seen, forget Peter Aki and his goggles. Forget Jay Takori and his corner flag. Talk us through that photo as well, the cigar and the trophy. Oh, it's just one of those things where, you know, at the end of the year, you obviously have been, we've been working for two years now and um, I think everyone's had a um, harsh year with the COVID. So um, I just happened to be in the in the couloir in the hallway there, just uh, just minding my own business. And uh, I thought I'll just, uh, I made a promise to myself when I came to uh, Perpignan, um, I bought a cigar and I said, when we go up to Top 14, I'll, I'll um, uh, I'll enjoy myself and enjoy the moment. So, um, and that's that's when I obviously um, had that cigar and uh, just happened to have the coffee at my feet, and it was uh, yeah, it was, it was quite um, fulfilling. And uh, at the same time, I felt a uh, um, weight off my shoulders, as in you know, team going up, and uh, yeah, it was it was an awesome feeling. And uh, real, really, really proud of the boys and happy for the club. Mate, congratulations! I thought you were inspired by the Last Dance when I saw Michael Jordan <laughs> in that changing room. <laughs> And he's got, he's got that cigar and he's got that baseball bat. Remember that moment where he's like swinging it? I'm thinking, this guy is the legend like, like you've never seen before. But you mentioned something that's so important. I spoke to that. So, you know, I'm, I'm good mates with Shul and stuff. Yeah. And he went there to bring, he bring his, his, his club sort of back to the top. How tough must have been to, you guys were on fire last year, right? You were ready to go. You were roaring. 
it hasn't been a year. It's been 24 months of struggle. And when you know that you've got happiness just there and you see him just slipping out of your hand, so I'm sure when you get it, the cigar was just even even sweeter. This is actually what it was, you know. Um, uh, I honestly thought um, you know, last year we were on our way up and, you know, uh, we were favourites to come up that year. And, you know, you got to roll off the punches uh, as they come. So, um, and I think for us personally, it was maybe a blessing in disguise as an extra year to um, prepare and to get the team a bit um, prepared for top 14 and hopefully um, we can stay up. You will, mate. And now we know the story behind that photo. It's even cooler. I've never looked that cool in a photo, so I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> but Pete, yeah. talk us through what's been happening since the win because you look surprisingly fresh. I'm surprised at how good you look. <laughs> talk us through what's been happening. How good were the celebrations? What have you been up to? Uh, so it's been awesome. Uh, um, uh, obviously, after the game, we stayed in the changing room for a bit. You know, uh, have some time just, just the boys and uh, the club itself and coaches. So that was cool. Came back to Pepinyong and obviously all the probably seen the videos of all the supporters uh, with the flares and going crazy. So they were all waiting back for us at the stadium and and chanting and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we all stayed at the stadium uh, until about I'd say about seven in the morning. A little break, come home, quick shower, <laughs> beach bar. Sunday. <laughs> it was good to, um, we were at the beach bar till about, you know, roughly about two. And then it was nice. We had a family day uh, with the club. So all the families came and we were at uh, um, um, a must together and uh, had uh, brunch together. And, and we enjoyed the moment together. And then obviously we cooked on again and the boys are still going. They're still going right now at the beach bar. So. <laughs> Who's leading the charge? Because we spend a lot of time on here talking about Joe Takori, who I know is a man you know very well. I see. Shuli's in there, man. He's in the run, man. But that's <laughs> that's the question. So that's the question. On on a full on on a full on week session, if you have to follow Joe or you have to follow Shul, who do you reckon will win? Yeah, that's that that's a big one. That's a big one, man. Because I, I must say, surely he's leading the charter right now, and he's <laughs> he's on the. You know, my friend's going off the hook now and he's on the cases of the boys of like, where, where are you? He's like, you know, on your champion or par, you know? So, <laughs> so he's, uh, yeah, so he's definitely, but the boys are, you know, they're enjoying themselves, which is pretty good. You know, it's well-deserved and, you know, it's like a weight off the shoulder of the boys. So We had Dabin on the podcast before and um, he was telling us all about how he used to look after Benji on nights out. So when you get back to the party, you can tell him that it's Benji's fault. Yeah, yeah. Benji. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I owe him a few. I owe him a few. Honestly, that guy is a—he's uh, a man with also uh, man with context. That guy, <laughs> he's well connected. He's well connected. How does it compare? Like you've won pretty much everything. You've now <laughs> won it with Cast. You've won it with Toulouse. You won top fourteen twice. Now the probably do. How does it feel? Is it almost? Did you? You talked about that feeling of expectation, but in terms of celebration, the feeling and the lift and the weight off your shoulders—is this one almost sweeter than the other ones, or how, how does it compare? I think there's just different scenarios, but I think everyone questioned me when I left uh, Toulouse and I came, you know, obviously to a Polydou club. Obviously, I was after, other clubs were after me and stuff like that. But I think for me, it was um, in a way to give back to rugby and to give back to French rugby and the whole ambition of the club and, you know, the history of Pepignon itself, uh, rugby-wise, kind of pulled me towards to come here. So uh, this one really something we really worked hard for and you know it's, it's a really humble club and, and I quite like that you know everything's quite humble you know uh, they get me wrong you know there's the clubs like Toulouse and Clermont you know with the state of the art uh, facilities and training stuff but it's quite uh, humbling coming to Pepignon and you know changing rooms is just um, 
like a container, you know, and you go to training and everything's simple. And then like the gym is in a little chapito uh, in a tent. So, you know, it's quite humbling in that, in that sense. And, you know, you take things, uh, take things for granted, you know, and I quite enjoyed the experience and the aim was to get the boys up and we did and, you know, we, we fulfilled this objective. So I, I, I would say this one's pretty, pretty up there. You say it's humbling, but it's fair play to, I mean, again, to speak about La Choule and speak about yourself. It's one thing to go to second division. It's another, especially as a forward, to keep on grafting week in, week out and putting your body on the line after taking all those knocks. You, you use the Toulouse fans, you use all those big stadiums to get yourself psyched, right? So when you go through 24 months of second division with hardly anybody in the stands and still, you know, putting your body on the line first, leading by example, really, and not and not and not at your peak physical state you know of, of your career it's it's also credit to what they spotted in you as blokes and just credit to to what how much you're you're ready to do it but enough for the uh, you know blowing sm smoke up your ass but uh -huh. who are we meant to look out for now because i've seen some pretty incredible young players for perpignan especially that that little what's his name fullback. melvin jaminet the fullback is that him good, is that eh? his name Bloody, he looks like nothing. He is lightning fast. He's like a little, what's his name, McKenzie, like the, the Chiefs fullback. I'd say he's, he's quite like McKenzie style as in his style of running and um, he's got a heck of a boot on him, you know. You can count on mm. him 50 meters out, you know, for points. Um, there's also uh, Sasha, our uh, Lucid Prop, our young Lucid Prop. Who's only yeah, like, Sasha Lachaud. Yeah, um, you know, there's Vive, uh, Velat, uh, Hooker. There's quite a few players coming through Pepignan through the grades, which are, They're you know, promising for French rugby and for for Pépignan itself. So I think there's been a few uh, French players that have come from Porto Du and been picked up from top 14 teams and now playing for France itself. It's a big stepping stone now. And I, I, I used to play. I was with La Rochelle when they were first in Porto Du and we did the first Monte on top kettles with uh, La Rochelle. And, and the standard of Porto Du wasn't the same. You know that was about you know 13 or 14 years ago. <laughs> But, um, you know the standard was you know obviously two. There'll be three or two teams that are kind of like sure to come up. Whereas now, Port Do, you know, there's a few teams that are active, you know, down to the maybe top eight. So the standard's really gone up now, so which is pretty good for French rugby. P1, talk you quickly, ask you about you mentioned La Rochelle, your first stint, but you came over when you were 19, 20? Yeah, 19. And I don't think many people know the story, but you came over, your Mrs. Helen was pregnant with twins. Yeah, so we just had the twins. And so, like, how does that move come around? Like, you move to New York and then get picked up, go to La Rochelle, age 19, you're leaving home. Like, I know from speaking to, like, mates yeah. of mates that you were on a pathway and you were set to go and do whatever most people do in New Zealand. You were tipped for the top, but you made that decision really young to come over to France. What was it, age 19, 20, that made you think, I'm going to give this a crack with twins, which is even crazier? And it's amazing where you are now. One of the best examples of blokes that come over and, and graft and work hard and buy in an awesome teammate, but talk us through the initial steps of coming over and um, how it came about and why it happened. First of all, just I've, I've been lucky. So Wednesday, I got a call from an agent. He told me Larisha was interested. I said, yeah, what, yeah, whatever. Send me a contract. Friday, I got the contract. I said, it was okay. Saturday, he sent me a contract. I said, okay, I'll sign it. Sunday, I signed it. I said, the club asked, when could I be here? I said, whenever you want. My expectation was in the next few weeks. They were like, Wednesday, you're on the plane. <laughs> So how, like, we know each other's missuses. How did that go down with Helen? <laughs> Talk me through how that conversation went. I was like, look, you know, this is this is us. <laughs> And, uh, right away, we'll, you know, And uh, I was lucky enough she she wrote it with me. And, you know, um, she's letting me live my dream. And um, she's been there next to me um, 
uh, that whole wave through. So um, it's been awesome, yeah. And and you know, obviously New Zealand, you know, there's there's a whole lot of selection of players, and that you know, that there's so much depth that you know maybe they get caught up in that bubble um, of being with the All Blacks or being in a Super 14 team that you know they kind of lose spectrum of you know what the world might hold. Top 14, the Premiership, this opportunity came up, and I thought I. Uh, you know, I'll take it with two hands and grab it and go and run with it and see what happens. So, and that's, I was, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity and uh, I don't take things for granted. And I'm quite lucky in that way. And um, I'm, I'm just, yeah, humbly thankful that it's, you know, turned out all right. It's turned out pretty well. And you're obviously at Perpignan next year. Are you going to stay in France in the long term? Uh, in the long term, probably not. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but um, at the moment, I've got one more year in Perpignan and then we'll, we'll see what happens after that. So, um, Initially, I'd like to go back to the islands. That's where my heart is. And um, yeah, whenever you're free, you just come visit me in the islands, you know, have that beer in your hand and enjoy the sunset on the beach. <laughs> we're already booked, mate. <laughs> just quickly, um, we, we're talking about the celebrations now and you're basking in the glory, looking forward to being back. You talk about how big a club Perpignan is. Obviously, there was an attraction for you going there, even though they're second tier. Going into that final, I think you finished 16 points ahead of Beeritz at the end of the regular season. So, there must have been a real sense of pressure going into that game, though. Yeah, you know, not to take anything away from Biarritz, man, but, you know, they obviously played a heck of a quarter, played a decent semi at Van and won that game. And then, you know, obviously coming into the final, you know, they, they were, they're quite hot, you know, and they had a good run of, like, I think they won the last six games. Like I said, it's been a process of 24 months. Then, you know, we've been, I've been with this group for, like, you know, two years now, and we've been working. This is what we've been working for, you know, and then... And these moments don't come often. So, you know, I think I just said to the boys, you know, you got to take your two hands and run off it and grab it. And um, if you want it, you got to go get it. You know, no one's going to hand anything to you. So, and, and that's that what it was. And, you know, I was quite happy that we um, we started off slow, but we finished strong. So that's that's a good thing. It shows that we're an 80-minute uh, team and uh, I'm quite happy. I'm quite proud of the boys. Having played against Beeritz, who now are getting by on at home, Knowing both sides, having watched a lot of top 14, how do you see that one going? I think that game is going to be a lot of emotion, you know. I think quietly people were hoping that it'll be Bayon and Biarritz kind of thing, you know, because I think that derby people haven't seen in a while, you know. And obviously having spectators now, um, it's going to add a lot of uh, flame to that game as well. So I find it quite hard. I think there'll be a lot of emotions in that game. Not to take anything away from Biarritz, but Bayon might have an upper hand just because they've been in top 14. And they've been in that grind and trying to, you know, grind out games. Uh, you know, they won in Toulouse a few weeks ago. They're playing some decent rugby. They've just had, uh, unfortunately, some bad results. But, you know, top 40 rugby is always, it's just details, you know, and details and precision. So I'd put my hand on Bayon just because of the experience-wise. And obviously, you used to play there, Johnny, so... Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, you don't have to worry about that one. You can go back and enjoy the celebrations now. I think Benji's just had a text off Damien Chuli, so we better let you get back to the beach bar. Ah, <laughs> uh, mate, you'll enjoy it. It's well-earned, well-deserved, the best moments. Everything that I miss about, about rugby is back of a bus, back of a winning bus, and La Chule wasn't really far, so <laughs> I'm sure he'll take care of you well and well, well-earned beers, and congratulations to all. Hey, Friday, we're off to eat pizza, so... Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, my words. Mate, enjoy. Love to the family. Great to see you, P. Everyone, love to everyone's families, and thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me to Ibiza. I have never seen a man looking so fresh that far into the year's biggest party. But then I played with P at Cast, 
and we talked about Ashul and we talked about Joe Takori, but P also can, mate, you can't knock him over. He could just keep going for days and he's just a big force, tranquil, both on the pitch and off. Lovely guy, big bloke, works really hard. We didn't really get into it, but he was sort of set on a pathway. There's like a, a network that picks you up to head towards becoming an AB. And he was well down that path and he chose to do something different, but he is just one of the nicest blokes and one of the best teammates that you could ask for. Just like a lovely big guy, quiet, genuine, works hard um, and just gets on. Always positive, always chirpy. And yeah, he looks. Fr- I can't believe how fresh he looks, but I think that's probably all about to change if Shuli's about to get hold of him getting back at the beach bar. So good luck to P. And also we didn't, we didn't mention either, but I think as well, the next World Cup coming up, he'll be 35. I think he'd love to get to that World Cup and finish there. Represent Samoa again, another World Cup in France would be a dream finish for him. Uh, he's one of those really tough cookies, to be honest, that is renowned in top 14 for being hard-hitting grafter. So at first he played six and he would compete for every single ball you could possibly see. Then he would support the team and play lock when, when needed. And just the fact that he said that he's lucky <laughs> but he is probably one of the best success stories. Like, I can't think of many people. Like he's won the, t- he's won the Pro De once with La Rochelle when they first came up. He's won the top 14 twice. He's won the Pro De got another club up to top 14. There's not many blokes that have achieved what he's achieved. And we always talk about what type of personality does it take to come over, to come over to France and be a success. And he is that prototype and was one of the best teammates I came across. And we mentioned the Beeritz Bayern derby coming up this weekend with him. You would have been playing the last time those two played against each other, wouldn't you, Johnny? I think I was injured for the last two. The, the, uh, Bayonne haven't won one in a couple of years. So when the last time they're in Prodi do together, Beeritz won home and away. And look, on paper, I think P's right in that Bayonne should win. Yannick Bruce been in the, in the press this week talking about, look, if we stick to technically, defensively, and our attitude, what we've done this year, we should win this game. And they should the problem is it's the Bass Derby and it's absolute mayhem. It's not like any other game. It's no holds barred, rolls your sleeves up and just go at it for 80 minutes. There's no structure. It's just an absolute shit fight. So Bayon should win. The, the fact that the stadium isn't full helps Bayon as well. There's 3K to travel between the towns. Um, but Bayon really need to get hold of the rugby. Like, as I mentioned, they lost seven lineouts at the weekend the scrum wasn't stable Beerits have got a decent set piece I think more generally Bayonne should be more dense defensively should be better they should be used to a higher level of intensity and rhythm Beerits on the other hand would probably have three or four game breakers that Bayonne don't have they've got Steph Armitage who causes absolute carnage they've got Francis Saili and they've got Henry Spate they've got three or four athletes that can cause real danger but I think if Bayonne managed to shackle those three or four blokes and turn it into an arm wrestle they should win but look, having been part of these games, it can also become a complete coin toss. That's the strange thing. When you get into a stadium in Beerits with 5,000 Beerits fans screaming at you, mentally things start to ping and, and, and things start to go off-piste, shall we say. So look, it's a huge game, but ultimately it's a 50-50. But as I said, Bayon should win the game. And let's have a look ahead to the barrage now in the top 14 this weekend. Paris Derby on Friday night at the Ladder Fonce Arena, isn't it, Benji? So how do you see that one go? Which uh, is crazy. So it's the same way that I was going to tell you that for the Bayonne Beritz game, I never thought that the, the loser of the final of Pro De could ever beat the 13th of, of, of top 14, right? 
I never thought about it, except it's actually that the the, the, the 13th of top 14 has never beaten the finalist of top of since this thing arrives. I, I would never even think about it, but where Johnny says it, it's because you normally play it where you, you know, but you stadium. always play it and you normally play it at the ground of the second div- of the loser of the f- second division final. Yeah. So there's that home advantage and guys are tired, X, Y, and Z. However, I would see, like Johnny said, Bayern are just a little bit ahead. Let's not forget, Bayern, it's pretty cruel for them. They're getting, they're potentially getting relegated where they ended up 13th by winning one more game than Paul. So that's harsh, right? That means there's a bonus here and there that really slips out of your hand and they lose the final game by three points. So I see them going through. If you concentrate on 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 others, there's also the form and racing are are, are hot. Racing have got Gael Ficou, and Stade Français are just coming a little bit out of breath. So Johan Maestri, I think, fractured his his cheekbone or his nose. I can't remember. He's going to be out for for days. Antoine Burban, he, you think he's 40 years old because he was there when I started with Stade 2007. But he's that hard grafting machine that's always there, and he brings that rough physicality. And I think I'm, I don't know from the inside, but I'm pretty sure Gonzalo Quesada would have replicated the 2015 era where he was absolutely instrumental at number six, uh, and he would have he's wanted to use them. He's a freak of nature. Uh, and and have Nico Sanchez potentially. So I don't know if this G f- rule is still going to apply. Yeah, it does. Final. Oh, but then that's that's. I mean, that's that's properly shooting them in the foot. So I reckon Racing will will see them even full 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 team full tilt. I still see see Racing be the better team. But I would have never called a million miles away that four months ago Stade Français were going to qualify. And that team dynamic is just so huge. Uh, you know, being on a roll, being positive, being connecting to the other. I don't know. I just, I always read the team celebrations uh, post-victory or, or or the team disappointment post-defeat as as a real big thing. And when you see what Saint-François are doing at the moment, you see the Latou, you know, the Australian uh, hooker yeah. who you feel he's been there for 10 years. There's a real <laughs> connection between those guys. There's something special about it. And that can take a team a long, long way. That being said, they would need all their boys, all their warriors, all their pink warriors on the field, and that's not going to be the case. So I, I still, I see, I see racing being being stronger than them. Back to the sort of scandal around the transfer of Gail Fiku. Do you think he's made the right choice? Like, can you imagine now if he if he dots down a hat trick, how miserable and how cruel it's going to be for the Stade Francais boys that have lost their teammate for the last three months? And it's him that ends up burying them. Like, it's just crazy. But I agree with you, Benji, in terms of the quality, in terms of the way they played against Breve, the quality, the depth they have, even the bench. You've got Finn Russell, Vakatawa, Fiku running the show. I just think they'll have too much. But again, that bit that you can't see or feel or touch, that thing that is so important in France, I think it's more important than it is in Britain, that feeling and the group dynamic. Once you get on a roll, it's really hard to break. And I think that's where cast had that little thing when they finished sixth and snuck in and had an absolute high and went the whole way twice. Potentially that's Stade Francais. And I think, not that it would be justified, but for them to go and beat Racing with Gail Fiku in the opposition team would be huge for them. Like, can you think of the feeling that would have been like to see one of your best players leave, to feel kind of abandoned by your sporting director, by your president, and then to turn around and beat him and the team that he signed for, and them also be your domestic rivals, your Derby rivals, your Parisian rivals would be pretty special. So look, that's going to be a huge game. Again, you would say Racing should pip it, but like we've seen some crazy things in French Barrage over the years. So it should be an outstanding game. And can Claremont do it away in Bordeaux, Benji? 
Uh, Bordeaux are clear favourites, but again, I didn't. I never see that Toulouse uh, beat them at home for the last game. And like I said to you, if Clermont are 150% committed to what they want, they can be very, very uh, hard to handle. So Bordeaux are definite favourites. However, I believe that Clermont are capable of doing it. I still believe, unfortunately, that for them, because I really like this club, that Bordeaux just, there's something not clicking at the moment. They've been having a few, you know, complicated um, per- disappointing performances. I don't know what happens, but they did just lost it a little, a little bit along the way. Rami Lamram, my former teammate and a good buddy of mine, said after the Toulouse game, j'ai rien vu. I saw nothing good. There was nothing. And to play that before the most important game of the scene, before the equivalent of the quarterfinal is quite worrying. Clermont will need an exceptional performance to get there. But if they click everything together, they can make it. So Bordeaux favorites, my heart says that Clermont can do it potentially. See, I know Remy as well. I played with Remy at cast and he can be quite overly emotional at times. He's a very emotional player um, and he says what he's feeling in that instant. And I understand where he's coming from. It's a tough loss, but look, they've come so far. The rugby they've thrown together over the past six months, year, or two years even, has been exceptional. And I just think with Christophe Urios there, with the bunch of players they've got, it's their time. I just think another step up, another level. Um, and unfortunately for Claremont, I think that means losing in Bordeaux this weekend. And again, with Christophe, you never know. Like having worked with him as well, there's so much that gets said in the press. But then as soon as he leaves, that media situation comes into changing room. There's a completely different tone, a completely different voice given and much more reasonable. And it'll be straight into building them back up because they've got the biggest challenge for some of them of their careers this year, this week. So um, look, I think they've been too good over the past 12 months, 24 months to throw it all away. And I think that they could probably sneak a little win against Claremont this weekend. I could do with a um, boost in my bank balance, Johnny. So score predictions for both of these. <laughs> the awesome thing about La Defense Arena is that it's such a fast deck. So I could see this being a crazy high scoring game. Again, I'm almost going to go like 35-24 for Racing. And then it's also going to be 28 degrees this weekend everywhere. Well, not in the U arena. <laughs> It'll be 22 degrees. It's 22 all the time, mate. It's never going to change. Uh, and Bordeaux, I'm going to say Bordeaux 27, Clermont 22. Come on, Benji, redeem yourself. I don't know, mate. That's just... <laughs> I don't know because I I, I'm not betting on the bordeaux Clermont one. I'm just going to skip that one. Uh, and the, the racing Toulouse, I'll go tighter, but I agree with Johnny. Uh, playing inside five space, two teams who like to chuck the ball around. Uh, 33-30 for racing. We will see. Can't wait to watch those on Premier Sports this weekend. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Benji. And a big thanks to all of you guys for listening as well. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review as well if you can. And we will be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Cheers. See you, boys. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.